I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But that just wouldn't be our style. Today is Thursday, March 29th, and your children are soft as Charmin. Soft as Charmin. Say that three times fast. Yeah. All right, guys. Episode four, DraftKings. Thanks for joining us again. If you listened, uh, the episodes one through three, we greatly appreciate it. Keep listening. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. You are a blessing. (laughs) Uh, Good show today lined up. Uh, We got a guest here, Coach Rossi Santo. Ross, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Published author. Published author. Ross is Mark there. Twain in office. Wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> all right. Well, Ross is actually in the middle of a... Uh, we're going to start with this story today. Uh, Ross is in the middle of a, I guess, newspaper beef, you could call it, uh, with a with a one Robert Pelutro. Um, so to kind of sum up what's going on uh, between these two articles, Rossi, about a couple, a couple of weeks ago, Ross, two or three weeks ago? Yeah. Okay, Rossi wrote an article about why... The title of the article is Why I Fear for Our Youth, and it basically sums up about kids and their addiction to technology, um, how it's kind of killing their social skills, parent, you know, parents, parents in sports controlling too much with their kids, you know, talking to coaches, so on and so forth, and it's kind of, kind of how it's crippling kids going forward, right? Um, well, Mr. Pelutro uh, wrote a response article to Ross, and he talked about how kids are not soft and why he does not the title of his article actually is why i do not fear for our youth and he pretty much what's he what's he look like he, he looks like he's uh i don't know he's like 80 and has glasses he's uh <laughs> still i don't know he's got a good haircut looks though. like uh yeah same haircut as me professor um and he just pretty much sums up you know he just pretty much talks about i don't know what he talks about really because he bounces all around this article he he pretty much tries to contradict everything that you're saying ross uh kind of kind of explain what your article is about because i feel like this guy misses the big the big picture yeah the whole the whole point of the article was uh to write about how kids you know in the millennial uh age right now which you know we you know we're all 26 27 years years old we're millennials as well is how you know social media and technology has taken over you know kids' lives and that leads into kids not having a work ethic and, you know, kind of not respecting their elders, you know, being in the classroom and coaching, uh, you know, Kyle, you could attest to this where, uh, you know, a lot of students and kids these days where, you know, if they're faced with an adverse situation, they kind of back down to it. I see and, it all the time. And they, they complain. And I really don't blame the kids. As I said in my article, it's all parenting. And uh, when you're not getting them parenting at home, it, it reflects. And I just see in the past five years where a lot of kids these days, they're very entitled. Uh, they, think, they think, you know, they're the best. They should get a trophy for everything. And uh, it, it's kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And, you know, we're, we're trying to fix this problem. But uh, the Mr. Pelutro guy, he kind of missed the whole point of the article. That's what I was going to say, because you didn't even blame the kids. You were literally blaming the parents. And I feel like he just got that twisted or... He, he saw that and it caught his eye and he's he, and that just rubbed him the wrong well, way for whatever reason that might be. And based kinda, on the article, it's because he, he was a loser, it might have been stuffed well, in a locker maybe once or twice. To jump on to jump on what you're saying though, I feel like he's he's really kind of getting after like like you said the wrong things and he's just like it seems like more of like attack an attack on like what you're like saying. Yeah, it only, I get that. And there's like a, a personal vendetta against something. Like there was another agenda in there somewhere because at the very end. He gave a shout out to like the the children for walking out for the uh, shootings at Parkland. Right, and which makes which he, those are just like contradicting elements there that he's what he's saying or stuff that doesn't flow into Ross's article at least. Right, and to me it makes your article it kind of like belittles like what you're saying. It's kind of like 
okay, you think these kids are soft? You, you know what I mean? Like the like the, the kids involved in the Parkland shooting where it's like, relax. That's man. missing the yeah. big picture. Why <laughs> even bring that into this? Right. He, yeah, he kind of missed the whole point of it. He was talking more about, you know, the shootings and how technology is used for great things. And he talked about how Steve Jobs didn't look up to, you know, superstars or anything like that. And I'm not saying you have to look up to the superstar. I'm just saying that, you know, you should have a good work ethic. You should respect your teachers and coaches, you know, and not talk back. Uh, but yeah, definitely, he, he definitely missed, you know, the whole point of the article. And it seems, it seems kind of like to me, you know, what Eric said, where he maybe wasn't successful in school or sports. He probably did get cut from teams. His students, maybe, you know, his even own kids got cut from teams and he wants to make them feel good. And that's a whole, that's what's wrong with America right now. We, we try to make everyone feel good. Right. And, you know, there's a difference between winning and losing. And if you don't know that difference, you know, when you're six, seven years old, you are going to be hindered for life. Yeah. That, it, Your point about the participation trophies, too, and then not everybody getting that. And that, uh, that obviously rubbed him the wrong way because his article wasn't very long, but still there's a good portion of it that was dedicated to the participation element of it. And it was just... Okay, so you're saying every he said something about parents you should yeah, hold said, on to your kids' trophy because they might be the only ones you're going to get. Well, that might be you breeding a loser. Right? Way. Yeah. That, and that, by the way, where's Steve Jobs? That's now? a pro, that's the thing. I of all the things I read in this, which I I disagree with a lot of what this guy said, but that thing bothered me the most. It's like that that is what is wrong with our society more than anything. Is like you know what that might be the only trophy he gets. You know, it's like you know what not everyone's good at everything. These these kids might be good at something else. That these kids that, that are good at basketball are these kids are good at basketball. Say okay, not everyone deserves to be in the starting five. Yeah, he he took Ross's article personal. It seemed like like oh I know these kids these you know right. they used to pick on me because I, I wasn't good at sports. Like that's fine and good, but we're not picking on anybody. We're just saying like not everybody deserves a trophy just because you know thanks for showing up. Right, and he you know he he's a middle school basketball coach. I believe that's what the article said. You know he's that. not in the classroom. He's not with these high school kids every single day. And, uh, you know, I feel like if one of his own kids comes home and says, you know, Dad, I'm having a problem with the coach, he's the type of parent who calls the coach and says, hey, what's wrong with my kid? Instead of saying, hey, son, why don't you go up and be a personal advocate for yourself and you go see what the coach's problem right. is instead of, you know, cleaning up his own messes. Like, you know, if you have your, if a kid's having a problem with a coach or a teacher, tell your kid you go talk to them. This you know, is, you this go solve your own problem. That's perfect because, honestly, we'll get into it later down the road, but I told you earlier, read a good article by Jeff Cable earlier, the new Pitt head coach, and he emphasized that point, too, in it. A little differently, but same, same, uh, same details and same guidelines, but we'll get to that down the road. Uh, kind of going back to your article, too. So, I mean, most of you that listen to us probably know Ross from before, and you probably wouldn't think the last thing he'd be in the paper for would be writing. But that just goes <laughs> credit to you to show the type of passion that he has for it. So, like, with that being said, why, why are you passionate about that subject? What, because you deal with it every day? Yeah, to be honest, you know, I have dealt with it, you know, every day for the past four years, uh, teaching high school special ed and then, you know, coaching uh, from any level from uh, – freshman to the varsity level uh you know kyle coached with me as well and even when we were at brooklyn which is kind of considered an inner, inner city school in cleveland where those kids have economic disadvantages we saw it every day where you know kids relate to practice the first thing they say an excuse you know instead of saying hey coach i'm sorry i'm late for practice what did i miss you know if a kid's sick to practice instead of you know coming to practice being sick with your hoodie on and drinking lots of water, getting mental reps, they're at home, you know, their parents are saying, oh, it's okay, you can miss practice today. It just, I've seen a lot of that in the past four years. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I remember, you know, playing with you guys, you know, we all went to college together here. Right. We probably spent 
eighty percent of our time at Edinburgh outside. Right. You know, I just you, you don't see that these as days. young adults. Right. As young adults, you don't see kids playing, you know, backyard football or hooping up at the rack. What are they doing? They're inside, they're watching YouTube videos. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter, and it, it, it's really hindering our future for many reasons. I like when I today at practice, for example, we we break practice as soon as practice is done, everyone goes right to their cell phone, and and like that is like that that bothers me. You know what I mean? Because it's like you're it's a different you're, world. I'll say that it's a different world. I'm not. I'm. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm on my phone twenty four seven. You are. I mean, t- I mean, no, not all the time. Just during football, and then probably for betting for like March Madness, and then Checking the draft, and then. Uh, uh, getting into the NFL offseason. Kind of sounds like you have your own problem with betting, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's that's another topic another day. That's <laughs> yeah, episode but, five, uh, potentially. But, other, but from other than those 360 days, I'm, I'm off my phone. So. But I just think, like, I mean, but it's sad, though. You thought, you guys think, like, when you're done with baseball practice, or, I'm sorry, football practice, whatever kind of practice in high school, it's like you're in the locker room hanging with your buddies, like, talking about practice or whatever, you know, talking about anything. It's like that is like those are the moments that you miss most about like high school. You know what I mean? Again, though, I think it it is just a different era because I mean we didn't have we didn't have Facebook until probably like freshman year of college, so it is different. And and honestly, like I can see where that would be like, hey, you know what? That that's kind of a hard thing to break. But the overall point of it is just the excuses for not being involved. Like that that guy's whole article was based on excuses. Everything was he was trying to make an excuse for something, basing on no facts but just his personal feeling of it. But it, it, that's what it is. It's an excuse. And like Ross said, you know, kids showing up to practice or not showing up because they're sick or whatever, that's another excuse. Like, that, it just stop making excuses. Sports are a direct correlation to life. I always I always think that. And especially, you know, a job. Like, I, I try to tell my kids that all the time. Like, you have to, like, there's days you're not going to feel good. You have to be here. There's days where you don't want to do, you know, you don't want to do anything, but you have people that depend on you. Your teammates depend on you. In real life, your family depends on you. Like, that's why, that's why this is so crippling. Like, that mindset is so crippling. I just think that's just, you know. Yeah, and then, well, I was going to say, so, yeah, this loser, go uh, to the paper, what, Pelutro, if, he's, if he thinks, and then it's like the last thing was, that's the problem. I think our kids are so smart. Emphasis on the smart part or something like that. Did you read that in the article? Yeah. yeah. And well, if these kids are so smart, speaking about the younger generation of millennials, I mean, you go into Walmart, they lock up Tide Pods now in a locked case because these kids are eating them. Eating so, Tide Pods, you know, right. Like, <laughs> how, smart, how smart can they really be? Right. Anyway, moving on. So good thing that we have Ross here today too because he's also a diehard Pitt basketball fan. Is that true, Ross? Guilty as I charged. am, yeah. Guilty as charged the past years. We've had a couple, you know, bad years, but a little optimistic today. A couple hours ago, you know, they, they hired uh, Jeff Capel, uh, co-head coach of Duke. So, you know, a lot of Panther fans are probably excited, but I won't be excited until we start seeing some Ws. All right, why Why are you so – like, I think it's a great hire, too, I want to say. Yeah, it's a, so it's a seven-year deal, um, which, I mean, that obviously means nothing because Stones was there for two. So, I mean, they, they – uh, Had to throw a jab in there. Yeah, I'm, but I'm just saying, I mean, the, the seven-year deals, I mean – it's good for the coaches because you get that money, but for I mean you're not guaranteed anything. Right. But he's, he comes into a good situation for himself, and like I, I like I said, just to tie it into uh, the excuses part of it too. I, I read a good article on Jeff Capel. He put an article out for the Players Tribune. I think it was a couple of years ago, but it was good. Um, so I mean I, I became a fan just reading them, and the one thing was Jeff Capel, the coach, the coach at Pitt. Now he. Uh, when he he played at Duke and he would always come back and uh, bitch about it all the time to his parents. He'd be calling his mom constantly, complaining. Coach K's hard on me. It's too rough. I can't do it. You know he, he really dogs me. This that and the other. And like sophomore year, 
kids starting. They're on an undefeated team. They're ranked like second in the country, and he's still making these excuses or bitching about it. So he, he's calling he's calling home, and well, one day on break, his dad takes him out to lunch, eats lunch with him, and he uh, sits down and he says like, uh, and after they eat lunch, he's staring across the table and he says, "Man, just shut the fuck up. Stop calling and complaining and just play." That's yeah. what he tells his kid. Says that they eat at the end of the dinner, and then he walks out, stiffs his kid with the bill. The kid has to pay for it. It's great. He finished out his uh, schooling at Duke. I mean, unreal. That that that's good. That's good mentoring, right? That's there. a like, guy that's you want. It. No excuses, just play. And that's the men- shut up and play. That's the mentality you want, guys, coaching your kids. Yeah. So Ross, tell me why you're so excited about this hire. Right. Well, first of all, Erica, that was a great story. It is a great story. It, it kind of fires me up right it, it now. It is. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's what. It, when that's I got into cool. it, that was good. But uh, yeah. Two, two main things that really you know jump off the bat uh, with the hire of Cable was the first the first thing was the most consistent basketball program probably for the past decade you can even go farther back to fifteen years was probably Duke one of the most all time yeah. Duke I mean I mean put North Carolina in those shoes I mean very very consistent and you know Coach K will probably go down in history other than probably John Wooden as the be, you know the best college coach of all time and if you're under him for seven years you have to be a sponge and it sounds like this guy. You know, for the past seven years was just under Coach K's chin, learning everything from him. And, you know, learning the type, the type of, you know, play in the ACC, which I think Coach Stallings did a really poor job of. You know, he didn't prepare them for, you know, the high-scoring, uh, you know, the big-time athletes that are in the ACC league. Uh, the second thing that jumps off the bat is the recruitment, the recru- the recruitment piece where it, everything, you know, that I've read, which it could be wrong because it, it is the Internet, uh, it says he was the number one recruiter at Duke. You know, he got Zion Williamson, he got Marvin Bagley, he got, you know, Carter, all those guys. And I, it sounds like he has a lot of ACC ties. Uh, and I hate to say it, but Cal Parr, Rick Bart, you know, Rick Bettino, Coach K, even even Roy Williams, Sean Miller at Arizona. What's college basketball these days? It's recruiting. Right. Yeah. If you're but, not a top yeah. 10 recruiting class, you're going to struggle. Oh, along, yeah, those lines, so along those lines, though, I mean, it's, how hard is it to recruit at Duke, though? I'm not saying like he's he is you know he's a great I'm sure he's right. a great you know phenomenal coach. It's a great that, point. It's a great to, point. Yeah, it is. But at the same respect, like it it would be hard. I mean, you say that, but you see these other schools getting huge recruits as well, and you think, oh, they're doing a great recruiting job, and then you come out with these different uh, money investigations and this, that, and the other recruiting violations, and up to this date, you uh, Duke hasn't been involved in any of that. So. Uh, I mean that that's that that's one thing that that points to like he does pull some recruits because their recruiting their recruiting classes are absolutely insane. Yeah, they, well, they, Duke is on a whole nother like echelon. I mean, it's like Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, like that's like that's what else? I mean, like you said, like the schools you mentioned earlier, the, the, those upper echelon schools. It's like right, you, the, the name kind of recruits itself. But that's not to say he's not a great recruiter because I mean. You have to still land these guys. To pull those strings. I mean, you have to get those guys. Rules, that's tough. And to do. and and I think that. But the thing I'd be most excited about is his success as a head coach. I mean, at Oklahoma and VCU. I mean, he took. They won a. Uh, uh, they won a conference championship when he's at VCU. I saw they went to the tournament mm-hmm. before Shaka Smart. Right. Uh, and then at Oklahoma, he was very very successful. Yeah, Thir- Thirty win season. Oklahoma for four years. Two of the years they made the NCAA tournament after and Calvin. Sampson. I think the third year they made the Elite Eight with Blake Griffin. So I mean, he has he has NCAA experience, tournament experience. I mean, yeah, what's not to be excited for? I mean, he's a, he's a basketball family too. His dad coached at uh, uh, Wake Forest. He's an assistant. NBA too. Uh, where? In the NBA, too. In the NBA, Cable yes. has NBA, I mean, Jeff has NBA experience as well. Yeah, That's and huge. I mean, he, uh, he was a head coach at Old Dominion, at pl- a, a couple other smaller schools. But he was an assistant for a while, and that's like how uh, his son got into it. 
I think people the third. I think that is the this is the hire that Pitt needed to make. To be honest, like looking at all those other hires, Ross, you, we were talking about it before we started recording, and like you made a good point. Like, you, like this is a better hire than all those other guys you saw. You said you much much rather have this guy, and I actually I agree with you. I think it's a good fit. I, I think he's he's that. a younger guy. He's like what early forties, mm-hmm. high energy. Uh, that they need someone like to kind of energize that program because it is so like you you grow up watching Jamie Dixon and Ben Howland and all those great pit teams. It's like this is just like it blows my mind like how far it has fallen and so, how so quickly it has fallen. Right, only, that's the only winless team to go. Not, did, I'm sorry, it's the only team to go winless in their conference in the whole season. Right, last I have finished like 365. I mean, I think 350 something, which is incredible. Division one teams, like that. and he's the only, they're the only team only not to win one. a conference game. But so. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure everybody's excited about him. He's also a Pittsburgh guy, too. He's a diehard Steeler fan. So I know, you know, people in the 412 area, you know, they're very excited. But uh, no one's, per- no one's perfect. No one's perfect. That too, Eric, you know. <laughs> Shout but, out, uh, Wells. Absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, I'm sure 99% of the fans, you know, they're thinking, oh, you know, tournament, March Madness, I'm sure I, I won't be satisfied until I start seeing some W. So. Yeah, yeah. Take a lot it from of ways there. you can only take. You can only go up. It's going to be a process, but, though. That's one thing you know. That I mean, that was definitely a messy situation, but I mean, not nearly as messy as the Tennessee coaching situation this uh, past year. So, well, that was different circumstances. Oh, first of all, way more messier. Really? Way more messier. Uh, yeah. But, uh, well, can I explain that? I feel like I know well, the situation I have, pretty I have well. One question. Yeah. Butch Where Jones. is Butch Jones right he's now? He's an intern for Alabama. Okay. So yeah. he, that was just the next step in the ladder. Well, he's a head coach at Tennessee, <clears throat> and then it's intern at Alabama. He's an unpaid intern. Pretty he's fair. <clears throat> he's an unpaid intern, so Tennessee still has to pay his buyout. Yeah, so that's not So he's, he's – so it, like, he's, he's not – He's really sticking it to him. He is sticking it to him. Who, who is the head coach for the Jerry Bulls? Jerry Pruitt. Oh, the DC for Bama? Yeah. The hand model. Solid hire. So so far what I've seen from what I've seen in, like, spring practice, I freaking love this guy. I, I think he's – you want, how you're excited about Capel? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Pruitt. Like I, I, I know. Like, I'll be excited. I was just about to say. I, I remember sitting. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, in the Bears' den, saying, "Oh yeah, they got Butch Jones." Blah blah blah. I mean, hey, we'll see. Well, I'll tell you yeah, what. I mean, last time, I, I mean, you're gonna be optimistic. You have to. I mean, people are probably optimistic when the Pitt hired Stallings. I'm sure. I mean. Yeah, you have. I wasn't, but you're you're right. I agree, Cal. You have to be optimistic about a new hire. Yeah, but and with this case, Phil Former picks the guy. I trust Phil Former more than anyone. So I mean, even Jimmy Haslam. Yeah, even more than Jimmy Haslam, your boy. Not my boy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I just think I don't know what's the, what's the deal before we move on to topics and stop talking about Tennessee. Uh, what's the You've deal with the guys transferring? Are they, are they still transferring or threatening to transfer? Is there any word on that? From Pitt? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not There's sure. Like nine uh, of them. Nothing. I, I know there was about nine of them. Uh, I could see. I could good see recruits, too. I'm sure a lot of them probably did leave, but maybe, you know, like Eric said, the tie will turn and some recruits will come back, and hopefully, you know, they do get some good high school recruits coming. I don't know if there's been any word about the guys. If, they're, if they yeah, I didn't, it's still I didn't hear like anything. Less okay. than 48 hours. Right. So, I mean, it's dude, early. Yeah, I'm sure it, some articles will be coming out soon. It's early. That's his number one recruiting right there. Though. You have to keep the guys that you that you want to be a part of the program. I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to let some of those guys walk. I mean, the guys you want to be a part of the program, that's easy recruiting right there. you got to keep the guys that you need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All right. Um, yeah. All right, well. You're, you're, I was going to say, well, you're getting into, uh, you said you liked him better than Jimmy Haslam, but uh, speaking of Jimmy Haslam, I saw he was uh, talking more about Baker Mayfield with uh, Hugh Jackson today, too. No Did way. You see that? He's going to be a Jet. Baker's going to be a Jet, and Is I'm that done. Is that what you want? No. 
I, we Eric, we talk about this every show. I, I hate Baker Mayfield. All right. Well, I, you, I can't, what do you think, Ross? Here's up. another. Here's the third person. Okay, opinion. good. Yeah. I don't like Baker we, Mayfield. We're talking about has or we're talking about Baker Mayfield. Uh, Either or. Yeah, Start with he, Baker Mayfield. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm not a Baker fan. He, he kind of he reminds me of a a better version, more sober version of Definitely. Johnny Menzel. Slightly. Definitely sober. Uh, Slightly more. Yeah, but I could be eating my words. Though. I mean, because Baker does show glimpses and flashes of, wow, you know, this kid's good. He's accurate. He's a good pocket passer. He can, you know, get out and scramble. But, uh, yeah, I'm really not, not a fan of Baker. The uh, last time I was, like, sold, I, I was sold on him in their bowl game or in their playoff game. And last time against Georgia, and the last time I was sold on a quarterback in a bowl game against Georgia was Kirk Cousins coming out at Michigan State. So I I don't know I think he has what he I, I think he has some tools and he definitely has a completion percentage. So that's why you're basing your. That's well, no, I'm saying I'm saying when in the when the games matter, when the game when the games matter they show up and that was a big game for him. I mean SEC and he tore him apart. I, I, that's a good defense. That's an SEC defense. I told you this. He loved the SEC. I told you this. The ver- I saw I was Shred. there I was there on hand at Neyland Stadium before Baker Mayf- before anyone knew who Baker Mayfield really was before his name got blown up and Tennessee was up twenty one. Going in the fourth quarter, and Baker Mayfield led Oklahoma back, beat Tennessee in overtime. And I remember I was hammered, but I remember leaving the stadium. So and, and I just remember saying, like, I said it a hundred times, I'm like, I can't believe we lost that game. Who was that kid? Who was that kid? <laughs> and like, it, there it is, Baker Mayfield. And like, you're, and I didn't even know, I really didn't even know his name, like, at the game. I'm like, I just knew that quarterback from Oklahoma. Like, like, I'm like, we left there saying, like, this kid is a winner. And um, yeah, no, he, he's 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 definitely won games and. You guys have a more, you know, Kuiper McShay aspect of this. You guys know the stats and everything. But not a big college football guy. I did get into it more this year. And in watching college football, I mean, there's three quarterbacks that really stood out to me. It was Darnold, Kit Stud. Yeah, I like Darnold. Uh, the kid from Wyoming got Josh Allen. And then I really think the kid from Oklahoma State, Rudolph, is good too. That's my guy. I think those three guys really separate themselves from the field. Uh, you really can't go with a heave from UCLA. Not a fan of that guy. <laughs> I uh, really don't 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 like Baker either. So I, I, I like Mason Rudolph, but I, I think uh, there's the kid from. We all like Mason, I think. But that's the one thing we all right. we Mason's all talk. The kid from stuff. Toledo, Logan uh, Woods. He's he's good. Right, he can sling it. Yeah, he can sling it. And don't then sleep on the Mac either. Uh, shoot, I'm trying to think. Of the, there was one other one. Oh, the kid from Washington. I, I like somebody coming from a Mike Leach system that you just love. Washington he, State. Washington State. Okay. Sorry, Washington yeah, State, Washington yeah. State. Somebody that loves loves football, and he, I mean, he has a lot of experience, and he know, he can read defenses. Obviously, coming from Mike Leach system, so I I, I like that. I, it'd be interesting to see how it pans out. Cause, I mean, none of them really have. I just saw a report today. The the Jets are kind of locked in with Baker Mayfield at three. From what I think, someone. I mean, no one knows this. It's well, all. It's I all saw speculation a quote from Todd Bowles, and it was like. That's scary. Yeah, no, no. He doesn't because he never talks. I've never seen the Bowles is still there. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, his whole bowl of emotion yeah. too, watching him. <laughs> but uh, no, he he said we moved up because we have our eye on six to seven guys. If you have your eye on six to seven guys, why not stay at six? He said that. He said that. I swear. And I mean, it just it blew my mind. But it just it just I just don't understand like the offseason moves leading up to like dr- like trading up for Baker Mayfield. I I, I don't know. But yeah, I'm just. I'm just another depressed. I, I feel like every time I come on here, it's pretty much like I. It's like therapy for me talking about yeah, that get, organization. It's it hard. To, it's tough. They who's uh, who's in worse hands right now, Kyle? I mean, because you know, you're an eerie guy. I, I know you support Cleveland, but you know, you're a diehard Jets fan. Who's in worse hands right now? Are the Jets or the Browns? Yeah. So yeah, who do you I, think is? More I don't think that. You? I think that's a bad way to word it because minus like the Jets selling the farm to move up to three. 
I think they've had a great offseason. Their defense is going to be yeah, right. their secondary is phenomenal. Loaded. Probably the best in football. Right. And, and I mean, Leonard Williams' defensive. I mean, they have a loaded defense all around. Uh, they just got, uh, what's this, Avery Williamson from Tennessee, one of the highest paid linebackers in the league now. I mean, they got they have a solid, solid foundation. They just, I mean, they just signed Terrell Pryor, another nice little oh, weapon God. right there. I mean, it's. Is I he going to play quarterback? I, I'll take Terrell Pryor as the third receiver. They got Quincy Anywell coming back. I mean, they they have he missed the all of last season. I mean, they they have they have some pieces, and um, but I also think the Browns are moving in the right direction too. We talked about uh, this off air too. We might as well talk about it now. Um, the the moves that the Browns made, Tyrod Taylor, I'm more in favor of it than you are, Ross. I'm not saying I think he's a, a great quarterback. I don't even think he's good, but I think he's a serviceable quarterback as a bridge quarterback. And I don't believe there's going to be a controversy that I'm sure you're going to say here in a second. But I do think that it's uh, – I think they're both moving in the right direction. The only really way do. he's with the Browns next year is if he wins nine, ten games. He's on a one-year deal. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just right. saying you bring him back in that time. If, if he does, I mean, that's best-case scenario. I mean, chances of him doing that, slim to none. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I, it's absolutely. like, so yeah. I mean, let him walk. I think you, Vegas has their win total at four, four and a half. So. I mean, you just don't want your rookie quarterback getting beat up for a year. That's why they also signed uh, Drew Stan, so they don't have to throw that throw him in too if, for an injury. That's you know, the, if Tyrod does get hurt. Yeah, they, they really shipped out the those other quarterbacks, Deshaun Kaiser and Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler got traded today. Yeah. To yeah it, it, it'll be interesting to see what, what the Browns do. Uh, a lot of know, picks, man. Well, let, let's hear. I want to hear Ross's opinion on it. Yeah, my my opinion is, you know. I am a big Steeler fan, but I do live in Cleveland, and I do follow the Browns. Uh, listen, to you guys talk and everything. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, listen to talk show and stuff like that. Uh, I've kind of pinpointed the Browns for the past five years, been fairly accurate. And I, to I, your defense, you, you have been very accurate, right? And you know, if I'm a Cleveland fan, you don't want this to happen. But what I do feel like is going to happen is you bring Tyrod in. And he plays good for a couple of games, and he starts playing bad. You know, it's week four, week five, and you know Hugh Jackson. You know he's kind of they have a quarterback controversial, and then you bring in Darnold. So now you have Darnold week five, week six. You don't have the pieces around him, and then you're throwing him. You know to the lines end right now. What's going to happen in this game? Is he going to get so down on himself where he ruins himself in Cleveland? Because for the past decade, so many quarterbacks have came to Cleveland and they've shot themselves in the foot because there's nothing around them. So I think that is going to happen. It, it could not happen. Ty, Tyrod could be a good game manager, but yeah, I think they, I, th- I think their pieces are getting better though. Like the, the, they have some young agree. pieces in place last year. So I mean, and, and at least if they do it the right way in this draft too, they can address offense and defense in the first four picks. And I think that's what you want to do. Similar, if not the same, to the Jaguars mold. Like build your D line, do a couple free agent acquisitions in the uh, defensive backfield. And then bring in your two, a couple defensive studs, and then two three years you can be de- uh, competing just by getting pressure on the quarterback. Right, because I mean Blake Bortles, your starting quarterback, you make the AFC Championship game. Yeah, it's similar. That's a credit to their defense. A great point, but it's similar yeah. too. But they're also you're spending the very first pick in the draft on a franchise quarterback. So I mean, I mean, to with Tyrod Taylor, I guess it's similar to that. But they're not trying to compete. I mean, they you are have the luxury of you're two trying top to keep five picks. You're trying. It's insane. You're trying to compete now. I get that, but I think that there's no way, like despite what the fans say. I feel like there's no way that the the quarterback that they draft at number one will see the light of day, unless it's like crazy circumstances. Because that's that's why they signed Drew Stanton. So if if Tyrod is going to ride it out as long as he can, he might suck. Whatever. What what's that? The you know the Browns. Face? Right. And you know time will tell. One year ago, this you know they, probably on this exact day they they said the exact same thing about, about Kaiser. Yeah. You know but, they but probably, Kaiser's also a mid second round. Pick. Was Kaiser expected to play at all? No, but he, he was an opening day ruined. starter, though. They, they, they Why ruined. was he an opening day starter again? 
because they, they had did, no other options. Because they brought in Brock Osweiler and they couldn't. I don't know. They, no, 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 no. They, they he's the they opening. They started Brock Osweiler. He was the opening they started because they they that was their other option and they cut him. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I don't see them cutting Tyrod Taylor. I feel like they. Dorsey's least, a lot smarter than the previous regime, where he's going to have a veteran you, on the field because that's what you need more than anything. So, you, so Ty, you're, was, sorry, no, keep yeah, on. I was going to say because these guys have no idea how to be a professional, how to be a quarterback. It's obvious. I mean, they don't know how to win. Period. So you have to bring in somebody that's at least right, but have some does, confidence. Does Does Tyrod know how to win? He he took Buffalo to a playoff. And that's that's if, almost if Tyler, if Tyler Bory doesn't split a terrible cover two seam defense first Baltimore Ravens with one minute to go, yeah. they don't make the playoffs. Regardless, yeah. regardless, so they they they've won nine games. I'm not saying I don't think he's a, a great quarterback, but you got to give the guy some credit. He's been a starting quarterback in the NFL now for how many years? I mean, he's been to a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, okay, so you're saying I'm Kyle, not saying, he's, uh, but, right, but here's the thing. Right, I want, let me him. let me finish what I'm saying. I don't think that Tyrod is like the answer. Okay. I just want he's he is he is serviceable enough for a job. Do I think they give up too much for him? Sure, I, I went on, on record of saying that. Do I think that um, he's going to be the savior? Absolutely not. But I think he is a the the definition of a bridge quarterback. Whether you want to use that term or not, he is a bridge quarterback. He is serviceable enough to throw him out there, and you're going to be competitive because he's not going to. He plays very. He, he doesn't take risks. Everything's working. He, in their what favor, he throw last in his year? Favor because he, he had 14 touchdowns, I think, to four picks. Is that correct? Maybe I'm mistaken. That can't be right. But what, I think it was like his season. I, I, I'll look up his stats. Keep talking. I'm, I'm just, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't. He doesn't do much. No, he he doesn't. But he doesn't. They don't. They can't lean on him to do that. But if they win four games, anything's an upgrade. So that that's what they have to work with, and that's what they should. You know, they can they could be okay, and they can celebrate two, three, four wins. All right, last two years: seventeen touchdowns, six picks in two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen, fourteen touchdowns, four picks. I mean, he does. Don't he, turn the ball over. He, There's so many Browns games this last year. It's just based on turnovers and being and being an idiot. There's you don't turn the ball over, you win the game. It was that easy for them in at least three games, and they just. So I I have one question. So are you guys saying that Tyrod will play every game this year if he's healthy? If he's healthy, absolutely. Because I disagree a hundred percent. When think when the chips get down and Cleveland starts to lose, this has been happening for the past decade. What do they always do? They make a quarterback change. If right. Tyrod is not the man. If they're if if they're zero and five, if they're one and four, who's playing? It's either Stanton or Darnold, and I feel like that right there is going to ruin Sam Darnold. Just my I, opinion. I, I could be totally yeah, wrong. I, I don't think it gets to that point because I think I think they do end up going. You know, winning two out of their first four, or two out of their first five, and that's a success for them. Because that's they, even more on a limb than what he just said. I'm just joking. No, I, yeah, it might be. <laughs> it might be because, but but seriously, like that's what he, everything's an upgrade. He is starting from rock bottom, and one win that that's great. That's a huge upgrade. You know, two wins. It, it, it's and I don't think they'll do that. I think they will. They'll let they'll put Tyrod through the ringer, and then they'll go with Darnold next year. Well, I just think I just want to say this. I think Browns fans are but so it, unrealistic when they drafted when they when they got that trade with Tyrod. Everyone's first the initial reaction on Twitter. I remember looking at it was like, "Oh, we're gonna draft Barkley number one now. We're drafting Barkley number one." Why? Because you got Tyrod Taylor. What does that? What well, does that change? News, people are idiots. Break, so, I know, yeah, but yeah. it's just like, but the, the fact that like these idiots, these are the same idiots that we're talking about, though. Yeah. Like it's like their their reaction. The guys that are gonna be crying for Darnold. It's like, yeah, you are gonna get that. But I feel like you know, 
if you truly want to develop it, and you have but a guy it, like it, it Todd Haley, be, it, it might be a situation where Deshaun, like Deshaun Watson, like you want Phil Sa- or uh, Phil Savage, you want Tom <laughs> Savage to start the season, and then you know uh, Deshaun Watson has been killing it in practice, and he's looking to get a shot, and all it takes is one injury, and he he proves it. So I mean, it, you don't know; it could go that way or not. So I, I mean, but sticking with uh, I was going to say sticking with Cleveland sports. So another season winding down. Yes, picking a finally. Yeah. We haven't talked about this at all. Cavs basketball. Cavs basketball. So going into the getting into the playoffs, they just came off a oh, a, a rough one. Uh, they played in Charlotte tonight. Yeah. Did they win the score update? I'm getting a score update. They lost Miami last, last they night pretty bad. They got by Miami. Yeah. Or at Miami. But, uh, they all went out after the game yeah, through they, with Wade. After? Club live, absolutely. Well, it looked like they went out well, before because they didn't, didn't affect them because they won by 13 tonight. Ooh. Against yeah. the Hornets, yeah. back to backs. That's fine. You win a back to back in the NBA. That's that's you or take those. Yeah, I just Hornets. talking NBA now. I I checked the Vegas odds the other day, and I like the they, Raptors. They have. I couldn't disagree anymore with you. That's terrible. <laughs> I disagree that's completely. terrible. Dude, I like Vegas. The it's Vegas the had the Toronto Raptors favored out of these. Now you know. Let me tell you something. I I am not a Cavs fan. Uh, by any means, but I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. The Cleveland Cavaliers are going to cruise, cruise through the Eastern Conference playoffs. They will beat Boston either four one or four two, and they will beat Toronto four one four two. Okay, Eric. If the Cavs go, if the Cavs go small, how does Toronto guard them? Tell me right now. If the Cavs go small. How do they guard them? Okay, so well, I'm looking at the seeding. So Toronto's the one seed. Uh, Cleveland is what the three or four right now. Three right they're, now. They're, they're it doesn't matter what they are. Put I don't think it matters either. Put them at the. Well, eight. I'm saying where, they, they where were they? When were they uh, playing the Toronto? Th- because I I don't know how far they can go because I don't think Cleveland's that good at all. I I don't. They are not a good team. I think they're so inconsistent. I think every series might go five, six, seven games. All right. I mean, Kyle, I, I, Kyle's going to disagree here. What time is it right now? It's playoff time, right? Yeah. Where did LeBron just get injected in his ass? Uh, Steroids. HGH, yes, Here, exactly. Have you seen him lately? Yes, I know. Have yeah. you seen his numbers in the past month? I know. Ridiculous. I know. I know. If you're telling me that the, the Cavs aren't going to go to the NBA championship, I don't. Think you're high. Will. I don't think this year is yeah, different. It's unbelievable. It's I, not. It's not different. Kevin Love will get hurt if he's not already. Eric, that's so. I mean, that's like that's so like that's so what? What? Because he got hurt three years every, ago. Every year. He got hurt three years ago. He got hurt this year. They will make. They will make the finals, and they're they're going to lose the Golden State. Right. I'm on record right now. They're not making. Okay, I mean, I, I hate when people bring in injuries though. Like that, like the guy broke his like what his his like his pinky. Yeah, he, or what, his he can't hand. bring that into play right now. I mean, he's healthy now, and they just won five games since he's been back. They and won he just five got a concussion. Last so they won five of their last six. Okay, that's like that can happen to anyone. I mean, it could happen to anyone. Him, yeah. Okay, well, I'm just saying. I, I just think the think that the Cavs aren't going to cruise. I mean, they I don't have, think they will. I, I just that, that's my, my watching them is very inconsistent. They play great. They should never have won an all-star break because going into all-star break, they were playing great with each other. But now it's like everything's a task on defense. They they can't switch and, or anything. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that, 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 that's that's my opinion. I don't think they get to the finals. I, so, yeah, okay. I, I Again, I agree with Ross. I couldn't disagree with, with you more. Um, and I'm not... Just trying to be. I mean, I'm not trying to be. You know, no, Cavs fan. I just think they've had. They they've been to the finals Hopefully. last three years. LeBron James is playing out of his mind, like Ross said. And it's. I mean, it's the same thing. The guy takes over a basketball game. They're not gonna. They're not gonna lose. I mean, they they it's, played. They played so Toronto. To they played Toronto last week in that. God, we we actually had a game. We watched the first three quarters. Yeah. Toronto manhandled them. 
Uh, you know, LeBron and those guys are, all right, let's start playing here. Right, the you really, you yeah. really think DeRozan and Lowry are, are going to beat those guys? I, I, I hate the Cavs. I, I don't hate them, but I don't yeah, root for them. Yeah. Hate the Cavs. It's, not, think, it's not even going to be close. Toronto, they're a, they're a joke. The, the, the leadership on that team, DeRozan and Lowry, they're punks. They're, isn't the one guy bipolar? If, if not the both. Are, but both of them? Well, he, I just think they, 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 loves thing now. they just, yeah, don't get me started. Uh, that gets back to what we were talking about earlier. I think that it just so it just seems so obvious to me that like it's the same. It's gonna be the same story as last year. I feel like this comes up every year at the Cavs. You know, people start questioning. I think them. I this one's different. I know it's it's been said the past three years because every time every you know that's all you hear. But yeah, you this know, time I'll right, I'm on it. I'm forget on forget the NBA. It's we got We got to touch on it before we wrap up today. Final we, four. Final four. Uh, Ross, your basketball mind. Tell us. Well, I'm just joking. Uh, you are a basket. You're a great basketball mind. I respect your opinion. We want to know what you think about how is loyal. First of all, how is loyal Chicago? How are they doing this? What they're doing right now? How are they in the? What are they doing so well? You know, X's and O's wise. Like from a coach's standpoint, what do you see? First of all, they're very well coached, and you know their coach heard him speak in interviews. Read a couple articles on the he, he yeah Porter. He pays attention to detail like no other coach does. Uh, I read an article where they did layups line, layup lines. They're on the left-hand side. And one kid did a layup on his left foot on the left side. So it's supposed to be left-hand, right foot. Right. He stopped practice. He made them run suicides. He goes, what are you doing? So things like that, paying attention to detail, phenomenal. They play great midline defense. If you watch Loyola games, teams do not drive in the paint on them. Teams have to kick out, and they have to shoot threes. They have to shoot contested jump shots. That's, that's what they did to those twins uh, from Nevada. They couldn't get in the paint. Their midline defense is phenomenal. They communicate well in defense. But the biggest thing is their offense. If you watch them play, uh, you know they kind of run a, a, a four-out, one-in with a big guy, Kerwick or whatever his name is. Is that yeah. like a pro-style offense? Is that it, it, it's, really, it's really not a, a pro-style offense. We but, ran it uh, I mean – it's more, of a it's more of a high school. Some pro teams run it, but if you want the Ramblers, they're so good on offense. Their efficiency is, is because of this. Everyone catches the ball in triple threat. Their spacing is phenomenal. And the biggest thing is when teams defensively close out on them, they attack those gaps so well. And the thing about the Ramblers, every kid on that team, minus their center, can shoot the ball, can dribble the ball, and can attack, can attack the rim. And you saw Kansas State, the Kansas State coach, Bruce Weber, phenomenal coach, he goes, yeah. They're probably the toughest team to guard because they have four kids. They have uh, Richardson. They have the Custer kid. They have the Ingram kid. All of them can put the ball on the rack. All of them can shoot the ball, and their spacing is phenomenal. They're a very hard team to guard. Yeah. Very hard team to guard. So what's so what's your? With that being said, well, go ahead, Eric. I was, well, was going to say they're, they're six point dogs to Michigan. Okay, right? so six point dogs to Michigan, and so I mean, based on what's happened so far, um, do you think that Sister Jean has some? Influence here? Do you think that she has influence? You talking divine intervention, yes. or are you yes. talking? No, I, clearly, I, I am. No. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, have they gotten lucky? They have, but the old saying goes: great teams they provide their own look. They had yeah, a buzzer beater versus Miami. They had a phenomenal buzzer beater, you know, versus the Vols. Two and, overtime games. Uh, yeah, two overtime yeah, yeah. games. I mean, I don't think they beat Michigan though. But do they deserve to be here? If you're an idiot to say no, well, look, look. You who don't get to the final four. You by don't mistake. get to the final four by mistake. I mean, they're a great team. They're well coached. Those kids are f- phenomenal players. I mean, they're good basketball players. Do you know players. the last uh, three like eleven seeds that made the final four? I, th- I think I saw it on there uh, on the TV. It was George Mason. George Mason. George was Mason. One of them. 
That's all I can think of. George uh, Mason, they beat UConn for the he, Final Four, right? And then there was... They there lost. Was, uh, the, they, did they lose? Well, they didn't we, make it to the championship. Did, did yeah, DCU they all make lost. It? They all lost. No, I didn't. I, I don't think that was Butler. one of them either. Uh, Butler might have been the other one. And then... I can't remember the other one, but they Butler's all lost. Butler's 11 seed? They all Maybe lost the in this round. The so, they all lost in this round. So, this is telling me... The last Michigan Big Ten Missouri Valley Final Four. Michigan State, Magic Johnson, Indiana State. Larry Bird. Larry Bird from Larry Boston Seas. Which is going to be a great game. Well, let's uh, real quick, let's predictions. Uh, Final Four, national champion, because we might not get another show out until then. Who knows? Yeah, Hopefully we do. Not. Ross, we'll start with you. You're a guest. I'm the final in the, in the winner. I'm going to be probably completely wrong because my bracket is destroyed. Oh, it, that thing it's is terrible. Bleeding. That's so bleeding red. Whatever man. I say, it's don't listen to me. Scene. I think Michigan gets by them. Uh, Michigan's very well coached. John Beeline's offense is very intricate. I mean, they're good. Uh, and can, can, I, so, I, I'm sorry. Yep, go ahead. I, I just want to say we were talking about coaching. John Beeline. There's like people are getting more on board with how so underrated. Like, so underrated. So underrated. He's unbelievable. And it only gets better as the season goes on. Look at his so, teams at West Virginia. He never gets. He never gets his name mentioned. Yeah. Never. Great the, the guy is great. Uh, and Jay Billis, you know, who, who probably has a great basketball mind compared to anyone out there in the country. They said the offense Michigan runs. It is almost near impossible to guard because that Mo Wagner guy, yeah, he's yeah. their center. Wagner. Or v- Wagner. Yeah. He's their center. He's their center, right? <laughs> yeah. He has better handles and better shooting percentages th- than the guard does. Right. How do you guard that? So yeah. I think Michigan wins. I'm going to go out on a limb. Do Bill Self in Kansas, God, are they do? Oh, my God. Yeah. The last time they won was what, Brandon Rush? Yeah. Am some... I wrong? Oh, man. Or they do. I think Kansas, Michigan, I think Beeline takes it all. Well, I you, think Michigan wins really? it all, yeah. You, you, just really quick on the topic of like under the, the topic of underrated coaches, Jay Wright. I, I, you want to talk about like a guy that doesn't? Well, he's get, been. He's won. I don't he has, think he's underrated. Yeah, I, I, don't I think. think I think he's completely underrated. His success. They have thirty wins every freaking year. It seems like, and it's like you, you always hear about the coach cows, the coach K's. He, his, his name. His Ryan. name should be. I. We, I know amongst us we do. Right. On. I think his name. When you talk about great coaches, I don't. Uh, he's. I, he's top three. Yeah. The I past decade, he, hands down. I don't think he gets his right due. I agree, hundred percent. I think that I he's agree. top three, but because you always hear about. Cal, Coach K, Roy Williams, whatever. His, his name is always left out. Name the last, give me three, all-American Villanova players that are great NBA players right now. I can't think of They uh, don't recruit like Patino and UNC and Duke. They don't get big-time recruits. Right. He had an interview, and he says, we get Villanova recruits. Yeah. Guys don't go one and done here. They play three years, they play hard, and they win basketball games. I can't think well, of any guys. Right they now. do guards, it the right, right way. Their guards this year are going to be NBA players, right? Yeah. I think Brunson will be a good Brunson's NBA player. Dad, He's a stud. An NBA player for uh, it's either Booth. Yeah. Booth's pretty tough yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I, can yeah. you think of one guy? That's a good. Can you think of one Villanova guy in the NBA? Is it Chris, is Chris Middleton from Villanova? No, Texas A&M. No, Middleton okay. from um, I, I really can't. Uh, you no, know, there's. The, we're Scotty Reynolds. So where where are those guys? Only guy I can think. Alan Ray. Alan Ray. I remember their guard. He he like lost his eye. Like he played right. for. The, I think the T Wolves. I think. But anyway, so I'm like, let's not get off topic. I'm taking Villanova over Michigan. National okay. championship. I, yeah, and uh, you know what? I'm, I'll stick with Villanova. I think they were going to go out. It was going to be last week. I thought they were going to get cold, and uh, Texas Tech would capitalize, but they got cold, and they did not capitalize. But So I'm going to still stick with Villanova over Michigan. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that's about it. Ross, thanks for joining us today. Great insight. We'll have you back on again. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we appreciate it. It's, uh, it's it's always good having a published author uh, on the show. So. Yeah, in the middle no, of the not Herald published team. at all. I was probably drunk when I wrote that. Bill Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, Guys, uh, 
again, this is episode four of DraftKings. Follow us on uh, Twitter if you have if you don't already at DraftKings Pod D R A U G H T. Uh, appreciate all the feedback, and we'll uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Deuces.